everybody. Welcome to this episode of Defining Kinks. I am your host, Ruthie Ren again, and I have one of, I'm going to say one of the top names uh, in the <laughs> audio erotica uh, community. I have little Mistress Boots here with me. How are you today, Boots? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm all right. I'm great. <laughs> uh, I get to talk about kink with a lady that I keep bumping elbows with in the uh, social community. Uh, but we've never got to uh, work together directly. So That's I'm pretty true. hyped. Yes. Yeah. Same. I know. And uh, I fangirl over boots all the time. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a Ruthie uh, stan, so... You know, it's true. It's true. And it, like, I'm just going to be honest. There's sometimes like a mild bit of jealousy with Bootsy. Oh, my God. No, no. I'm jealous of you. <laughs> so for those that don't know Boots before Bootsy, before we get into uh, our episode and stuff, tell us a little bit about you, Bootsy. For those that don't know, she's been around for a little while. In fact, we're between two very important dates today. Yes. Or today is the important date. Today, so. today is the day. Yes, today is my cake day. My one-year cake day. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a better way to celebrate, um, honestly. Oh, dang. I know. Mm-hmm. I know I made it awkward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, hi, I'm, I'm Little Mr. Spoots, and I am a kinky, uh, sex-positive, amateur voice actress making erotic audio role plays on the internet. Because I'm fascinated by the way people explore and express their sexuality. And I use erotic audio as a way to explore my own. Nice. Yeah, she, I wrote that down. Yeah, I was going to say, she wrote this. She I wrote did. This. I'm not, I'm, I'm no, not no, pretending. No. I'm not pretending. She's great. I'm, She's great. I'm not that well-spoken. Yeah. I think I love on your um, subreddit. I know it says your audio side piece. And I was like, God damn, that's great. Oh, yeah. I love that. Because it's so great. Because, yes. you know, it's promiscuous, but it's not mm-hmm. really anything. But I'm just like, oh, so clever. So... <laughs> There she goes we're, again. I'm like, <laughs> just kidding. Damn it. Um, we're all audio side pieces. We are. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, something, something. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad. Yeah. And I'm glad that you decided to spend your kick day, uh, at least in the morning, with hanging out with me. Oh, hell yeah. We're going to talk about a pretty exciting kink today. Um, uh, we're going to talk about CNC, or for those that don't know that aren't in the scene or know the tags of what we do uh, mm-hmm. on Reddit. Uh, CNC is consensual non-consent. So here's my warning to all listeners right now before we get any further into the show. Consensual non-consent. We are going to talk about things like rape play, abduction, um, fear play, including with weapons and or being bound or gagged and different things like that. These are different aspects of this kink done, as you can see, in a consensual matter. Um, so just so you know, right now, if this is not your bag, it's not something you're into and it's going to piss you off or trigger you to listen to this episode, I suggest you push stop now. (laughs) This podcast is about exploring, not shaming, about discovering and defining sexual identities and what you're into. This is not, we do not condone date real rape in any way. We do not condone triggering yourself with this sort of um, kink. Um, So please don't do that (laughs) if it's going to be something like that for you. That is my warning. That said, if it's even something you've considered, I suggest you keep listening because we've got some really interesting topic points. And we're probably going to talk about some crossover kinks that you didn't even realize were related. 
So mm-hmm. it's important stuff. It is. Yes. That said, I'm going to hand it over to Boots. If you had to define consensual non-consent as a kink, what are your thoughts or what is the sort of definition that you have for us? I would define CNC and non-com as a power exchange dynamic uh, where one person kind of seemingly violates the other person against their will. Um, usually forcing them to perform a, like a sex act or do things they don't really want to do, except mm-hmm. everything, and this is the most important part, everything that's happening has been discussed and agreed upon by both parties before it happens. So mm-hmm. although the victim is victim in quotes, not like it, it looks like they're not consenting, the consent happens before the scene even begins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. It's exactly. Just, it looks like it might be wrong, but they've already been like, I want this. <laughs> and everybody, and they can put a stop to it at any time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Great. You, like, you really defined it really well and stuff like that. Um, the definition that I have, uh, mm-hmm. as I've looked across different things and stuff like it, basically says exactly what you said. Hmm. A dynamic between two or more, which we'll talk True. about later. Uh, two or more consenting adults where one of them does unpleasant or harmful seeming things to the other mm-hmm. who looks as if they're not enjoying it or maybe not consenting to such. However, before the scene, they have sat down and carefully negotiated the limits of that interaction. Pretty yes. much it. Yeah. Pretty much what Bootsy said. <laughs> um, you know, but that's basically what it is. And that is why it is consensual non-consent. Yes. You have set consented parameters on the non-consent, you know, and we're going to get a little more into those and stuff like that. Um, actually, I would like Bootsy's opinion on this. There is a vein of yes. this play um, there for some. There is a no safe word policy. Oh, yes, there is. <laughs> yes, this is a thing out there. What are your thoughts on that? Or can you explain what that means to our listeners and what are your thoughts on it? I don't have a whole lot of experience with not having safe words because Mm -hmm. I require them personally, Mm -hmm. but I do have some friends who prefer not to have them. And I feel like if you're going to do that, you have to have an extreme level of trust with the person who's acting upon you and the person who's doing the acting would really have to know how to gauge your reactions without a safe word and I feel like that is it's a little scary to me if I'm being honest (laughs) like Mm -hmm. um for me personally I mean no yeah no um get you there I can't I can't imagine doing that (laughs) without a safe word (laughs) I really can't either uh Um, not that I'm judging but yeah no no god no like whatever again it comes back to you know what's extreme for me won't be extreme for other people (laughs) um but yeah, I guess I guess you would have to know each other very, very well in order to give up a safe word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was when I first read or heard about that. I was just like, no safe words. Are you insane? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I try I try to I'm not really judging. But you know how you just have those extreme reactions where it was like yes. clutches pearls. Like, what are you crazy? You know, and that stuff, was me but, just now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just like, yeah, oh. what? No, who would dare? No, but honestly, that was my first reaction. But again, I have to realize that what I want sexually and what I like sexually and what my sexual limits are, are not other people's. 
Yeah. So that's number one. <laughs> Consider that, you know, they may take more or less away from sex than you do. Uh, and they may need other things, and that's completely prevalent. So number one, that. And then number two, also consider the relationships that they're in. Uh, I think that was something I found out. A lot of people that are doing, that invoke this no safe word policy, like you said, have monumental trust and relationships established Yes, where they know each other well enough that even though there are no safe words, they can read each other well enough to know how far they're pushing it. Yeah. Um, also, another vein is, some people, the dominant sub-relationship is a lifestyle. It, it extends into all facets of control and dynamic in their life, uh, you know, so it's across everything. But at that point, you already have such an established trust and relationship and a dynamic established between the two of you. I feel that it makes sense in my head why safe words wouldn't be, for them, a necessary thing. Yeah. That, you know. that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I hey, wanna... if you need safe, safe words, you don't <laughs> let somebody tell you you don't. Oh yeah, no. If you are cl- if you clutched your pearls, then you know. <laughs> you know you need them. At least for a while, at least with whoever yeah. you're, you know. My personal opinion about consent is the minute that you start to doubt what's going on and if you're comfortable with it, you have withdrawn consent. Yeah. That is my feelings, whether you've said it out loud or not. Yeah. So if you, like, that's my thing. If you feel like even a little bit, like you maybe need a safe word, you need a safe word. Yeah. That's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any tiny sliver of doubt, then just have a safe word. Just have it. You may not even have to use it. I wonder if, um, if maybe have like having a safe word takes some people out of the, like the rape play fantasy. Yes, that was the other thing I read. Like, even though for many, it's just fine to have it, you know, to have the term set ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I heard for some people, even though this is all a fantasy, and at the end of the day, it is not true rape, having that safe word to them gave them a sliver of power in the dynamic, and it Mm -hmm. withdrew them from the actual true living out of the kink or fantasy, you know, because they knew that they could do it at any time. It killed it for you know it didn't feel like a real ravishing you know so yeah that was another thing to consider so yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about some more psychological parameters of this kink later like i said we're not therapists but we're just you know we're just analyzing the kink you know we all want to know we all would like to know it doesn't hurt us to know more about kinks we're into and to consider other avenues of it that uh, other people are into so you know me personally i want a safe word (laughs) yes i need safe words they make me feel comfortable i like Mm -hmm. to have them same z's yeah exactly (laughs) now we kind of talked about the parameters and different stuff i just want to like just personal share time um when i asked bootsy about the kind of topic she wanted to come in on she Mm -hmm. said she was a cnc girl and if I, I hadn't am. done it, that's what she wanted to be into. So let's let's hear to you. What are the elements of CNC that make it such a like a desire or a, a kink that you're really into that you enjoy playing out? <clears throat> I really like. I'm one of those people that in my life uh, I have a lot of people like leaning on me, relying on me. I have to be like in control almost all of the time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's something extremely appealing to me about 
having all choice and um, almost like having my autonomy taken away from me for a little while. Okay, yeah. And not not really having to like think about anything or do anything. And the way that that for me filters into CNC and specifically like rape play and things like that um, is there's just something so very appealing about the idea of being just sort of used for someone else's pleasure in a way that I don't know like it absolves me of all I don't know it absolves me of all guilt honestly oh no yeah oh no you know what yeah, I don't mean? feel like, like yeah I don't feel like you're yeah no I was like don't feel like you're trying to defend yourself no no I'm still, it's more like I'm trying to like trying to like figure out exactly where like what it is that is the most appealing to me about mm-hmm. it is is that like yeah um you can uh sort of like explore things and do things that you would you would absolutely never agree to but you you do you get to experience it without having to like think about what that might mean <laughs> so i like exactly. putting myself entirely in someone else's control exactly um, and i just like it rough so there's that too <laughs> <laughs> hey that's right right we just like right? it rough and yeah. actually you hit on something um that why you bring it up a, a really good topic that i wanted to bring up on this one of the psychological factors of this is i love how you said that um it is it gave you the opportunity to be absolved of like any guilt or shame or mm-hmm. thoughts when it came to possibly exploring stuff that you could not get outside of your head to explore it took yes. that control it took the, all those doubts and stuff and it basically you've consented to it but it basically forced you into these things that you want to explore but for some reason you cannot just push yourself to explore so somebody exactly. else is pushing you into it and um and that is one of the psychological considerations for this kink mm-hmm. um is that you know some have shared that it allows them to explore a kink a sexual act or or a fantasy that they haven't been able to do otherwise on their own or yes. in consensual like normal kink play Um, a good example, anal exploration. Um, Mm -hmm. another one is trying group sex or, um, you know, like gangbang group sex, um, things like that. Um, and then the last one is exhibitionism. Yes. So these three ones were probably the top examples of kinks that people may, might really want to explore or be into. But when it comes to them having to be in control to like make the decisions, get themselves to do it, um, not be ashamed or feel guilty about it. In being forced and put into this parameter of like, you will do this. You no longer have control. I'm telling you what to do and I'm going to make you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it gives you that that absolvement of shit, you know, like, okay, you know, <laughs> like you're just going to do it. And um, I think that's a really awesome thing about this kink that a lot of people don't even realize yeah it's there are so many things that I have wanted to explore and it's really hard for me to push myself to do them so that's that's Mm -hmm. why I like gravitate toward this particular kink because I'm like please I want these experiences and I want to explore new 
areas, but I get so like in my head about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then I never, I just continue thinking about it and wishing for it and then it never happens. So that's why I'm like, well, what if I took the decision out of my own hands and put it in someone else's so that it can actually happen and then I can, you know, have the thing that I wished I had. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it's very, yeah. And it, you, and I'm the same kind of person that I'm always in my head about stuff and I'm mm-hmm. worried about a checklist. And I also have like kind of a control thing. Uh, I, I'm like you and I've talked about this in past episodes. I take care of a lot of people. I run a lot of mm-hmm. things. I'm a leader in a lot of ways. And um, so even though when I'm trying to take like passive roles <laughs> or sometimes <laughs> even when I'm submissive and, you know, and stuff like that, sometimes I am in my head like – I don't want to sound bad and say like I'm critiquing, but I'm also like trying to make sure that things are like running smoothly, you know, and I'm going through Mm -hmm. like checklists in my head and stuff. And like, I don't know, like, and this may, and see, I know there's some listeners out there that this may like make them like scrunch up their nose or go on their hackles a little bit. But I think the cool thing about CNC is almost like you can get a mental or even physical slap on the face that tells you stop Mm-hmm. stop and then it lets you let go like people don't realize how much that can be freeing in a way yes. um you know because they just don't realize that and that's my thing like you know I like things uh kind of really rough at times and so you know I'm okay with a lot of things and yeah sometimes I know I have been like in my head and stuff that I wish somebody would you know like grab me roughly or like I said slap me or spank me or something and tell me to just shut the fuck up and accept what's going on you know and some people would be like oh my gosh that's so rough but if I've consented to this it's because I want it that's what I need sometimes I need somebody to give me that hard reset and I think that's what people don't realize what this kink is about sometimes it's a hard reset for you to get out of your head for some people and to let sex happen let these things that I want to do happen you know this the scene that I want to play out happen that's that's exactly yeah that's how it is for me because my head won't shut up Mm-mm. unless you make it shut up so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and sometimes I, you, you got know. to yeah yeah it's that's a good way to put it like a hard reset yeah yeah exactly so yeah so I had two questions for from some uh, listeners that I wanted to hit on the first one was um, how can someone find it's sexy if the answer is no. And then number two, if it's uh, CNC is so violent, how is that attractive? Um, Boots, do you want to take one of these? Or, uh, or you can take both of them, really. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Uh, okay, so um, how can one find it sexy if the answer is no? Um, it probably comes back to some form of control. Um, it's like the flip side of that coin where maybe uh, – the person who's doing the acting upon wants to feel like they have power over another person within, you know, a safe and sane parameter. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't really know like why things are sexy. I think they just are. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's also a really heady feeling for somebody to trust you enough to like take their agency away yes yes well I know for me like my first thought immediately when they asked if it's so it's so violent how can it be attractive that depends on the parameters 
I have seen some ends. Like we're gonna get into it in a second. But um, hello, sleep play, sleep play. Ugh. Literally one of the fucking hottest kinks in my life. I no violence. Literally almost no violence usually. Yeah. So really, I'm not saying that your question is dumb, but I'm just saying that it doesn't have to be violent at all. Sometimes it's not even being violent other than some rough grabbing maybe. And let's be honest, everybody's had one of those days, you know, where they would like somebody to be a little rough and passionate and maybe not beat you or anything like that or, you know, even slap you or spank you, but like push you gently, you know. Or you know how you have those like slam face kisses where you just like collide. Mm. Your lips just yes. collide. See, that's rough. But that's not violent, you yeah. know. So we've all been there where our bodies, you know, everybody's get that adrenaline, you know, where we're a little mm -hmm. rougher than we mean to be. And so that's my point. It's not always violent. You pick your parameters. You want to try CNC? They don't, it doesn't have to be super violent. And I know I mentioned the kidnapping scenario earlier. Uh, you don't have to be bound. You don't have to be tied. You don't have to be abducted. You don't have to do any of these things. Things that's that uh, I actually, one person, like CNC, like I said, is about the point is, is that you have safe words or you've set up why you don't have safe words, but you have a safe word. And the point is, is that they're doing what you've set parameters to do. There is an end goal for them to get to, you know, to get you to a point. And the point is, is that you may physically say no, you may all, you know, you may do all these things and act like you don't want it and stuff like that and stuff, but you're being alle alleviated to continue to keep going unless you decide, hey, I really don't want to do this anymore. And then you say your safe word. And I know I've, I've known some girls and guys have done it for anal play. It's not even rough. It starts out very gentle. You know, mm -hmm. it's just the fact that otherwise they feel too ashamed to allow themselves to do so. Yep. So, you know, so that's my answer to that question. It's as violent or unviolent as you want it to be. That's true. I think people um, also <clears throat> don't take into consideration um, like coercion. Can be, mm -hmm. like yep. um i had i've i've done i did a thing i did like an audio that had somebody um like somebody requested it and essentially what they wanted was to be like very gently raped by a neighbor um because oh, yeah. they coercion. okay yeah. yeah 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 okay because they they like they were feeling like not very sexy like they were married but they were feeling like not sexy at all and okay, the, yeah. the premise was that the, the neighbor was raping them to show them how sexy they still were and that they knew that this person would never willingly cheat so then they did it yeah like, so they didn't need to be violent in this scene no because it, it was, wasn't about violence it was about um it was about impressing a emotion slash virility like whatever a desire a lust on yes. them yeah it yes. was about that it wasn't about impressing violence and stuff like that i get what you're no. saying yeah yeah, yeah. It was, okay it yeah was it was still absolutely like it, it falls under you know oh yeah category because obviously the person doesn't want it but it it absolved them of the guilt of cheating <laughs> so exactly yeah, yeah yeah it's interesting um but yeah it wasn't violent at all um if not for the fact that you know uh the person uh, like didn't technically want it because they didn't want to consent to cheating um mm -hmm. but everything else was like very encouraging it was like romantic people forget that like it doesn't have to be like you know somebody hits you with a hammer and like takes you behind a dumpster somewhere it doesn't have to be like that 
No, it doesn't. In fact, there is a whole category out there called yandere that is extremely gentle. And I'm telling you, you don't consent to that stuff usually. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. You know, and I will have an episode on that. I know some of you have been waiting for that episode. (laughs) So, but yandere is a good example that is usually, it's not usually CNC, but it is usually non-consent play, you know, and if we're talking a broad spectrum here, very gentle usually, other than Mm -hmm. a drugging, uh, you know, or some sort of way in which they get you. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, though, it's almost as that you are something so quite precious that they don't want to hurt you. You're that precious to them and to people. That is a big turn on that obsession. Yes. That cannot be quenched, you know. But for some people, CNC, like I said, for some people, it's that. It's an obsession. It's a virility. It's a unyielding lust that will be answered for. But the, the amount of violence comes down to what you've set. That is the yes. consent part of it. You know, if you only want to be slapped a little bit or just pushed around a little bit, or maybe you just want to be tied and you don't want any sort of impact or violence, then that's what you've said. Yeah. And then what was the other question? Oh, how can one find it sexy if the answer is no? Um, we hear a lot from the acted upon stance when this kink is considered. I think a lot of people don't realize that there is another side to the coin and that there are there is the aggressor stance and i think that's what they wanted to ask about too how is it attractive if the person is telling you no how do you keep going with the scene when you know that it's no you know what i'm saying or like that they're saying all these things yeah that they're like begging you to stop and whatever yeah um well uh i i imagine a lot of it has to do with someone trusting you enough yeah you did mention that. All i did like that yeah like it's yes it's you, not you, so you, much you know for somebody to trust you so absolutely, it can be intoxicating and it can be assuring and especially in a sexual sense, you know? Yes. And I can't really say this. I've only felt this a few times in my life. Everybody that's listened to the show and knows anything about me is I do not have a good choice in partners. <laughs> I do not always <laughs> pick the best partners or sexual partners. Um, but um, I've felt it a few times to feel completely trusted and desired and to have a sexual freedom with somebody where you don't have to fear what you look like what you're doing how you're treating them mm-hmm. man that <laughs> is a whole nother level you know so I feel that that is something that these quote-unquote aggressors of the scenes get to fill and I think they really enjoy it and then also yeah. I guess to be that pillar of like how you've said it, it allows you to live out a fantasy you've never got to live to be kind of like that buoy of somebody being able to do that. Yeah. Um, I think is a very important feeling and a very like yeah. good sexual feeling, you know, because sex is very, very psyche tied in my opinion. You can't change my mind I, on that. You, you just um, can't. Yeah. I'm I'm in the same boat there. I actually, yeah, I feel like yeah, very, you wouldn't very think so. Up. Yeah, no, it is very tied up, and people are like, "Oh, it's just sex." It's not, in my opinion. No. You can't change my mind on that. I'm sorry. Nope. <laughs> um, I'm not a sexologist or anything. I'm not a sex therapist, but my life experiences and other people's life experience that I've heard about, and the studies I have done when I did go to college and stuff in uh, developmental psych and things like that, you just can't change my mind on that. Um, so to me that trust and you know all these things and stuff and being able to give somebody that or get them there and actually make them get there like yeah. I, like i know i said i need a hard reset and stuff and so yeah 
um, I know I'm, I'm using a woman as an example because I'm usually more dominant with women, like 99% of the time. Um, (laughs) but yeah, no, if I knew my girl was trying to get somewhere and she couldn't shut her head off, oh man, love to, you know, give her a hard reset. (laughs) I don't want this to sound like too sexual, (laughs) but you know, I imagine pushing her against the wall, holding her throat, giving her a little slap and telling her to shut up. And it's not the time to think it's the time to do what I'm telling you to do. You know, and stuff. And I think being able to do that to push her over her barriers, get her past her own self is, man, that is a good feeling. Like it's It's, something I want to do for my partner. You know, it's, it's amazing to know that you're, you're giving somebody something that they need Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, they can't get themselves. Yeah. That they literally can't get there if you don't help them push just give them a good hard shove. Yeah, and give them a kick out a the consensual nest. Shoving. <laughs> <laughs> and and just make them get there. Yeah. That's I mean, how could that not be sexy? It's true. The only other thing I could think uh, on that question from the aggressor stance. How many times do we just wish and this will go into I'm having an episode on free use later, folks. But mm-hmm. yeah, right. <laughs> How many times wow. do we just fucking wish that we could just give into our lustful instincts and there be no ramifications? Mm. Like, yes. yeah. See, some yes. of you are thinking about it, and you don't have to admit it to anybody. I'm admitting it to the world, <laughs> though. <laughs> there have been some times. Like, I'll give you one example. I talked about my thing with gyms, gyms, like going mm-hmm. to the gym, physical gym, horny zone for me, free use, horny zone. <laughs> scenarios are running through my mind over and over and over again and let me tell you sometimes you see somebody laying out and doing some bench presses I would love to sit on their face without their consent like just (laughs) you know because that's what I want and like sometimes if there wasn't social constraints or stuff or it was a different world or we could all be like animals and have Mm. none of this stuff the virility and the primal instinct to get what you want is very strong so Yes. yes I have parameters that I'm operating within yes I'm going to stay within those parameters but to know I have that control and I'm also going to get off on the fact that I can operate within a set of parameters but in that I have a lot of leeway to make myself feel good and to use this person you know to get mine which is not my usual it's a nice sexual arousing feeling that power in that sense I'm imagining myself in that gym scenario now. Oh my gosh, like, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> somebody just like from the flip side where where I don't there's something so sexy about imagining somebody seeing you almost in that like animalistic way where they yes, see you and they're like, Man, I need like I need to take that and just having them like come over and just absolutely ravage you yeah, in public it's a, in front of everyone. I think it's an animal <laughs> yeah, no, and it's an animal instinct. I mean it Let's is. be honest, if we talk animal kingdom, the stronger will overpower the weak and take what they want. Sometimes yes. that's territory and, you know, things like that and stuff like that. And sometimes it is for mating purposes. It is those virile instincts that are going to be answered for. And I like yes. that, you know, and stuff, uh, you know, and stuff like that. And depending on what the scene is or what you've consented to, sometimes the aggressor, their whole thing is to force that like we said force this person to do what has already been agreed upon or you know just to you know go through a scene where they just do whatever you know it's all dependent on what their thing 
But I know yeah. I did have one friend who, uh, some men don't realize this, some women are deathly afraid of receiving oral for a number of reasons. Yes. <laughs> Most of them be just because they're embarrassed. <laughs> um for you know really no reason i think and i even say that as a girl who i still get squeamish sometimes a little bit when a guy's a guy or a girl starts to go down south i'm like oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god you know and then like (laughs) once it starts you're like okay fuck it i'm in here now i'm sold right good um you know screw it you know if they have a problem i guess they'll let me know (laughs) but um otherwise i'm just gonna enjoy it but uh for a number of reasons women get very embarrassed or shy about it you know mm-hmm. for a number of reasons and men won't understand that and part of it has to do with our anatomy uh and different stuff but she just couldn't do it she couldn't she would just you know vice grip those thighs together she was <laughs> she was not having it i love her to death um she couldn't do it and so she did uh, you know a force scene and uh it was she had to be tied that was the yep. only way uh, she had to have her thighs, you know, or her legs tied and different stuff like that. And he wasn't even rough, took it slow with her and stuff. But man, she like it was a whole thing. And that allowed her to do something that is so normal, mm-hmm. so normal for some couples. In fact, yeah. I know some couples prefer that to actual P and V or just any sort of penetration. They love oral. Like any, yeah. you know, giving, receiving, everything, face sitting and all this stuff. Like the point is, is that animal instinct that you're yes. going to give and take what you want without having to also think about it, you know. So I think it's freeing mm-hmm. in that sense as well, you know. Yes. I love not having a choice, um, you know. Yeah. With safe words. Yeah, with safe words, yeah. <laughs> like. I love not having do, a choice. Don't, don't yeah. attack me in the gym. <laughs> I, I, I will Damn kick it. your ass. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't attack people. <laughs> but, like, thinking about it, though, like, oh, just, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's not within the umbrella of CNC, but it's, it, it all, this, I guess, sort of feeds into how um, different kinks will also come into play with that kind of stuff because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I find that there's uh, within CNC and like rape play and all of that there's an element of objectification yes okay yeah that I yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really really enjoy yes um, just being like used as an object for pleasure yes it's yes. like it helps me shut my brain off Mm-hmm. Because if if I'm an object, then I have no cares in the world. Uh, all of the real life things that, you know, get in my head and make a whole bunch of noise, that all gets shut off. Because if I'm just a sex object within this, you know, safe um, parameters and setup, uh, then I get to completely like let go and just not even be human in a way. <laughs> no, but that's definitely is part of it. Yeah. And I was going to touch on this quote later, but you bring it up really, um, you know, talking about the psyche of different stuff. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, I like to pull different quotes. I'm a quote. I'm a closet writer. Um, <laughs> so I like to write things, a lot of poetry and different stuff. And I also in college when I went, I was very heavy in psych. I love the way the human mind works and our emotions mm-hmm. and the way we see things in the world. So anyways, there is a woman known as uh, I probably will get it wrong, but it's uh, Madame de Stel or Stell, during the French Revolution. Um, she was a sensationalist. She wrote about passion, and she was, uh, she was one of the leading um, promoters of romanticism, which those don't know, 
basically was promoting personal passion and seeking your passions and individualism in a time where you were supposed to be part of the collective. Definitely French Revolution. Very intellectual, way, way ahead of her time, very pro um, progressive. And she's still a lot of feminists today and different people quote her. And anyway, she, she quoted this and she said, uh, the desire of man, the desire of the man is for the woman. But the desire of the woman is for the desire of the man. I really love this quote, especially when we're talking about CNC, because how you talked about it does something for you to be like objectified, to be yes. a thing. And that's what I just said. It's hot. And um, somebody that goes on further, a psychology professor at a UNLV, uh, Martin Miana, said <clears throat> that for women, being desired is the orgasm. And that's why rape and ravishment fantasies across a lot of uh, women chosen like audiences and erotica is being forced. It's, uh, it's like validating and strengthening and stuff to be so desired that a man can't control himself. Yes. You know, like, you're, yes, yes. Like, yes. that's the thing. And I, and I know we're talking about women. And I say men can be the same thing because, yes, there's two yeah. sides of the coin. And I believe as people – there is something validating about being so desired that somebody cannot control themselves and they're going to make you, you know, take their sex. Um, yes. And so in fantasy, I think that's very attractive in a lot of ways. So she portrayed a scene that said, you know, just to illustrate it. Um, so and I'm just going to quote the scene that she said. Um, the scene that she quoted was a woman being penned against an alley wall and being ravished. Um, it's an emblem of female heat. The ravisher is so overcome by a craving focused on this particular woman that he cannot contain himself. He transgresses societal codes and morals in order to seize her. And she, feeling herself to be the unique object of his desire, is electrified by her own reactive charge and surrenders. That's perfect. <laughs> right? It's a good, Yeah, but as like, I'm saying yeah. it, like now that it's like put out, and she's a psychology professor, or she was... And then she even went on to, this further went into like the dual need of, um, it feeds into the, usually the imperative most women have that we have a desire for a partner that can protect us and provide for us and stuff. And so to get that paired, you know, usually it's a bigger man, hello, size play. <laughs> it's a bigger, yeah, you, bonjour. <laughs> bonjour. <laughs> um, usually the aggressor is bigger, overpowering and stronger. So even though that this is kind of being turned against the victim, most people want to be protected and provided for and to have a stronger partner to hold them up when they can't be. So subliminally, it's feeding a different desire in our brains that we have that we don't even realize. Yes. And then to also get that paired with the sexual just somebody cannot everybody wants to be lusted after like come on of course who doesn't, who want, doesn't that? want that like come on who does not like <laughs> we've all been there like you know and and that you even said that to be objectified and stuff like i know it's not correct yeah. but as far as cnc consider a scene where i'm in a kink party and my partner just reaches over pulls my top down for my boobs to be there for everybody to see which I would never do. Like, I wouldn't. Yeah, no. I would go, oh, oh my God. God, no. But the fact <laughs> I is, is that either. <laughs> he so wanted or she so wanted to touch me and show everybody else that I was his or hers 
and that these are my breasts and he's going to fill them up and make me possibly squirm and moan in front of everybody. Oh my goodness. Like Mm -hmm. to be that desired and to like (laughs) be that put on display, which I would never do on my own, removing that consent to do so. You know, this is the scene. This is what this Mm -hmm. kink is about in a way. Like this is what I'm trying to illustrate. So yes. Lutzy thoughts. (laughs) Oh. Oh, I have like a weird relationship with uh exhibitionism in that i have like a lot of um hang-ups about my body just being in the world uh and having somebody essentially do something like that where it would just like all of a sudden i'm on display and i have no choice and it's i haven't done it myself someone's done it to me uh it just oh it makes me all tingly inside. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, I guess, like, for me personally, it's just, it all is about control and me being able to give up control completely. Like. To give it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because once you're in it, you're mm-hmm. in it. And I know that uh, I've talked about it in previous episodes, but, like, there are times where I definitely would love to be on display and just be, like, so stranger lusted you know and stuff or like Mm -hmm. for people to see me and not be able to have me there's like a lot of different things um but usually I would never do those things and when we talked about um voyeurism and um exhibitionism one thing we talked about is a lot of people like to do um especially nowadays oh yes there's a lot of bluetooth toys out there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh things that you can wear and have going Mm -hmm. on that people can't see but you got them going on and so, honestly, C&C could be something as simple as taking a day out on the town and before you leave, you know, you tell your partner, who is the person that is not in the, you know, controlling aspect of the power dynamic, that they will wear these panties or this toy or something and they're going to wear it and you tell them, you know, until they can anymore. And then maybe when you're out in public, you start to use mm-hmm. the Bluetooth for those things, you know, and they're forced to... They're forced to be a little exhibitionist that they probably would never do on their own, you know? So I have done exactly that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, yeah, I've done that stuff too. Right? It's just, uh, I would uh, never. Thrilling. Yeah, it was thrilling. Yeah, no, I would never, you know, (sighs) and stuff on my own. Like, I would never be able to have the, you know, the Bluetooth running myself and be able to sit there and control it and not be so subconscious and not think 8 million things in my head or be worried about 8 million things. So the fact that that mm-hmm. control is taken out of my hands and all I can do is react to it yes. um, instinctually. It's so relaxing. <laughs> it is relaxing. It is so relaxing in a way. And so this is just one turn of CNC. It, it's yeah. about you've consented that you are not going to be able to say no. And thus they can get you past these barriers that you've set yourself. Yes. You know, and the only final barrier is that safe word. That's the only one they're not allowed to push you past. Yeah. You know, um, which there's nothing wrong with using that safe word. So, no, if you need to, just just do it. Just do it. There's no, there's no shame in that ever. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, but yeah, there's been like a lot of things that I have done over the last year that I wouldn't have done if I hadn't um, had a swift kick in the ass. Right. (laughs) And I needed it because that's the type of person I am. I will like sit around and and talk myself into and then back out of doing all kinds of things that I want to do and experience. And if I didn't have somebody 
to essentially like force me into doing things that I know I want to do, but I don't have the motivation or the guts to do myself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If I don't have that, then I, I miss out on everything. Oh yeah. And no. And it's, you know, when you've, when you've had a long day and you've been trying so hard and stuff like that and you come home and your partner goes, Oh, well I actually already cooked dinner for you. Here it is. And you're just like, Oh, I can just sit down and eat this. I don't yeah. have to I have to cook anything. I don't have to worry about the dishes or anything. Nope. Sit there and fucking eat it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Guys, that's what CNC is. <laughs> it's, a home, it's, it's a home-cooked meal <laughs> that you didn't ask for, but you definitely wanted. I mean, I wanted to eat. I did. Yeah. I wanted to eat. I wanted it. You know, and stuff. Right? I just, uh, you know, I, I would have had to plan and I'd have to come home and maybe thaw something. And, you know, like, right. I know and I'm equating someone... it to something so equivocal, like, <laughs> quiz it or whatever, but it's true. I mean, it's a good way to explain it. It's like you, you come home and someone's got a plate and a fork for you and they're like, just eat this. And you're like, oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's kind of like, if you want to go, but what about the slap? Oh, okay. I'll just eat. Right. You know, <laughs> like, it's exactly. like that. It, I mean, <laughs> that's it. I just. Mean. Oh, it's just yeah, it's oh, and it's it just covers so many different things. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. It's beautiful. Yeah, it it really is. It's very liberating in a way. I know I mentioned that we've talked about so many different dynamics, so I really want to hit on some of these. Mm-hmm. So we talked about kidnapping and abduction. Some uh, another thing is home invasion. Mm. Same thing when you're at home and I like you're that one. Home. Oh yeah, me too. I like that. <laughs> I can't tell you. I think I think that is one of my earliest fantasies. Actually, uh, I talked about mm-hmm. in a previous episode, like home invasion. Um, there's this song uh, in this musical called "Lady in White," uh, and what the song is about is that when women go to sleep, it, it, it's playing off the old trope uh, in Hollywood movies and different things and in, in literature where a woman goes to sleep in a linen, white, cotton, innocent, pure night negligee or nightdress or nightgown. And usually that's the night that like they're assailed by like a robber or a rapist <laughs> or a monster or a demon, you know, and stuff. And that's when they're yes. assailed to give in and be forced to do these horrible things that they would never do because they're completely innocent and sweet. And that's the funny part about the song is that these women are like, we're ladies in white, you know, and they're like hoping for some sort of like <laughs> late night romance because it is just a heathen thing for them to wish for. Um, yes. <laughs> but that's one of my earliest things, I think, uh, you know, was – you know, how the door wasn't latched all the way or the window wasn't latched and somebody coming in the middle of the night and just forcing themselves upon me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just been one of my things. So yeah. but that's what home invasion is. Somebody breaks into your home or sells you in your home. And for some people, that's a huge fantasy because your home is usually your safe zone. Yes. It's it your is. little sanctuary. So for somebody to break in that, for some people, that's their hard reset. You know? Yes break into my sanctuary and violate my body (laughs) boots is like i'm here for it (laughs) i am am ready like i'm like oh no i've left my window slightly ajar (laughs) and there's a ladder underneath will anyone climb up (laughs) like oh but it's i don't know it's just i get it i oh the home invasion yes um you know and so there's things that are simple just like uh the cnc is being tying or bound there's a lot of different things bdsm that goes into that branch impact play degradation which we've talked about some and the rough stuff 
could be as mm-hmm. rough or as mild as you want. Everybody has words they don't want to hear. Don't think that you have to tell us somebody, say whatever you want to me. You can say that and then just say, BT dubs, do not say this. Yeah, please don't yeah. call me X, Y, Z. <laughs> yeah, I know. I found out something I don't like is I don't like being called stupid. I don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind being called like a slut or anything like that. <laughs> it's like slut is fine. Stupid, no. I have I have uh, uh, a problem with the word bitch. It doesn't always hit me wrong. Yeah, but sometimes but it could. It happens enough. It happens enough that I'm like, please avoid. Like I won't be super angry, but I would prefer it if you didn't use that. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's got things, and and there's uh, there's a lot of other things. Uh, we could go on and on about like all the little bitty nuances that you can give into violence. Some people don't like to be slapped. Some people don't like to be spanked. Some people don't like when you use actual uh, impact. Uh, tools and yes. you know, things like that people don't like that um there's people that uh, they like the wax play you know and stuff but they would never you know there's all different things you can pull into it and those are just like more elaborate you know some people it's just being tied they were never consent to being tied or being gagged some people yes. usually would never be gagged but the whole idea of a kidnapping fantasy or a home invasion fantasy where they're gagged with their own panties sometimes or like cloth mm-hmm. and they're forced to be quiet and just take it and wriggle and squirm and not being able to, you know, in that sense, say no, which by the way, there are ways to have safe words where you don't use your mouth, just BT dubs. Oh, so I don't yeah. think that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different things. You can have a safe signal. <laughs> safe signal. Some people, um, you know, being spit on um, or some people actually getting like a facial there are some women out oh, there yeah. that don't like it. I actually am one of them. Yeah. I don't very rarely do I like facials. Not a thing. Um, I don't know why. I think it's just a thing for me. But anyways, the point is, yeah. I think I worry about like my eyes and my nose for some reason. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> also my hair. Please. Yeah, no. yeah. I'm just like, this is not my yeah, thing. Yeah, I get it. And I'm over here like, um, paint me, Picasso. Yeah, paint I'm me. Ready. Yeah, no. And that's my thing. Like, you know, I think maybe if I was doing a CNC, I'd be more prevalent. But on a normal scene, no, it's not my thing. Yeah. But some people, you know, they don't want that. And guess what? They make that the perimeter. I don't want it on me, you know, and stuff. Um, some people like the body writing yeah. thing. That's something a lot of people don't even realize. Something in scenes, body writing. So, like, if you've been tied up in a scene that I watched, um, which was really cool. I haven't been able to watch many scenes live and different stuff like that. But the scene was is he took, like, a Sharpie and he wrote, you know, all these degrading terms that she was okay with on her Mm -hmm. body um like whore and slut and you know it was written on her body and he was also giving her like spankings and different stuff like that and marking her and then like at the very like she had to the scene was is she had a mirror in front of her so she had to watch Mm -hmm. him do all this and then she wrote him watched him write all these words on her and stuff and treat her like this object and Mm -hmm. um so yeah so body writing is the thing it doesn't hurt necessarily but it is a visual cue in a lot of ways. Um, yes. And some, and another thing people don't consider CNC, another element of it is, uh, I mean, be wary. Make sure you can trust each other. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, taking pictures, taking video. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, in fact, Bootsy, <laughs> Bootsy <laughs> just lovely narrated something very great um, that. Uh, gets into one of my really high kinks here about sleep play and uh, drugging and stuff like that and cnc and one of the payoffs in that film was that the person was drugged so much that they would be asleep and they wouldn't remember anything and so they actually the parameters was is that they required their partner Mm -hmm. to film what they did to them while they were sleeping 
And then they yes. came back later and they enjoyed that a lot. Seeing yes. everything that happened. <laughs> yes. Yes. They watched it repeatedly. <laughs> they watched and, it repeatedly uh, and really enjoyed had it. Had some, <laughs> had a real good time. Had a real but, good time. Uh, and it's um, in the in that story, mm-hmm. it's largely because she needs to be uh, like absolved of her yes. gu- guilty feelings. Um, exactly. And and like, she also so for her partner as well in that yeah. piece wanted the partner to be absolved of their guilty feelings and stuff because the relationship dynamic of that piece it was t- very taboo. Yes. And stuff like that. It was. Um, but uh, we're gonna yeah, plug so- it. It's LSI. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it is. Mother and Son Book Club. Uh, yes. Sleep Play. It's really good. Okay. Oh, she narrated it. I did. That's the <laughs> best work I've ever done. Oh, it's such a it's such a beautiful story too. And like not to like have a fangirl moment, but LSI writes things that have so much heart in them that like, oh, they just get me in my feelings. Yeah. So like yes, it's taboo, but also it's just like so freaking romantic. <laughs> okay. It's like good. he's I, he has a I, lot of depth. Um, yeah to his characters um it's very the depth brings about a subtle romance yes and um i really appreciate that about his writing we've known each other yeah. for a long time and i know he's probably gonna listen to this and he's probably red at the ears <laughs> right now blushing so we'll move on because he didn't yes. consent to this today no exactly um, and consent exactly is and we respect we respect we do. that um but yes the point is that yes she has to be drugged she has to be drugged because she can't quite bring yeah. herself at this moment to, like, be awake when these things are happening. But she wants them to happen. Yes. And videotaping it is a good way for her to, you know. Enjoy it later. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy it later. Get See herself getting what she needed that she wasn't quite ready to face while mm-hmm. she was conscious. Yeah. Um, at that time. That, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's. Mm. Also, the body writing thing. Mm, reminded mm-hmm. me that that is the funny thing with body writing is definitely something that falls under like cnc for me okay, but yeah. not in not in the terms of like degrading words but i have a very oh. hard time with writing kind things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so if somebody's like because i've had this situation where um i mean i i did the writing myself because a lot of my <laughs> Uh, experiences and relationships over the last year have been online online obviously pandemic hi hello (laughs) um but we appreciate you social distancing right yes i'm i'm so socially distanced right now (laughs) (laughs) um but i was told to write like compliments to myself things that i liked and you know uh, words like like beautiful and intelligent and and smart and give myself compliments and write them down and I tried and it was far more difficult for me to do that than it was to write like things like slut or whore like I had a harder time oh yeah and I had to like I wouldn't have been able to do that or like look at myself in the mirror with all of these kind words written on my body if I hadn't been essentially strong-armed into yeah nice to myself so like it doesn't even have to be you know no something degrading yeah it's your things it's like we've said I think we've we've really hit at the root that what the non-consent is is really is this to get past to something you can't do on your own yeah. That is why the control has been taken out of your hands. I will mm-hmm. say that while it was not a predicated scene, 
I know one of the few times I've had sex and one of the first times, one of the few times I've had sex in front of a mirror, I didn't really give consent for it. It just kind of happened. And I was distracted by the mirror initially. And I wanted to like change positions. And just to be quite blatantly honest, my partner said, no, I want to watch myself. Fuck you. And you're going to take it. And I was just like, huh? Like, you know, like I was like at first it bothered me, you know, like it was and that's not a cool thing that it bothered me initially. But the right. point is, is that when I look back, it, it luckily it wasn't like a traumatizing thing and it was good for me yeah. because that was really the extent of the non-consent part of it. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like if I really wanted to stop, like I said, if I really wanted to stop, that's mm-hmm. part of the consensual non-consent. Yes. I could have told him to stop and he would have stopped. We just yes. hadn't predicated actual terms before this happened, is mm-hmm. what I mean. I would, I would have never... Like, the idea of sex in front of mirrors is hot in a fantasy aspect, but if you really ask me, do I want to watch myself have sex in front of a mirror? Probably not. I don't either. I will be picking apart. I'll be like, why did you make that face? Oh, my God. Like, your your hair is... I'm, like, trying to fix my hair. Like, it's going to be bad. And I've written many erotic scenes with the, you know with the mirror stuff i like it it you know i like the virility like i said i like the virility of claiming and so mm-hmm. the idea of a partner claiming and forcing their partner to watch them pleasure them and to enjoy their body and to show them what they enjoy and to watch them touch them and say like this is mine this is mine like mm, that is a yes. very sexual thing but would i like usually just do it like on a tuesday no <laughs> <laughs> No, like it would have to be worked up to and I really would just have to have a partner telling me, no, you're going to do this and you're going to take it, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's the thing. Like that's part of it. I think we've gotten to the root of it is is that stuff we just wouldn't allow ourselves to do otherwise. Yeah. And so we've handed that power off to somebody else. Some people would say, okay, well, then what's the difference between CNC then and just regular submission? That's really interesting, actually, (laughs) because they are very, very closely related. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked they both have safe words that's true they do I don't, I've always like equated um, submission more with like leaning towards the lifestyle that's me personally like I oh I, yeah you know what I mean and it's almost like I feel like CNC is more like um like a moment yeah rather than like it being necessarily all the time like a permanent dynamic yeah that's just how I've always approached it. But that's really interesting because, yeah, they are so – they overlap a lot. They do. And this – honestly, my answer to that question would be that this is why I say that I consider dom and sub more roles than actual yeah. kink, in my opinion. Yeah. Because they translate over so many kinks, guys. You guys don't know. I look up kinks till I'm blue in the face trying to figure out what <laughs> to talk about and what to research. And I can't tell you the number of times that a kink – comes down to like well there's the dominant or the submissive or you know or you know this role or that role and stuff you know and I'm just like dom and sub is like in everything so I understand why people always come back to it and I kind of like it annoys me but at the (laughs) same time I think that's why I think they're more roles than a kink yeah now I would say like the lifestyle and the scene scene of BDSM as a whole I would say that is a kink like that is a its own little thing Mm -hmm. But if you're just talking dominant, submissive, or switch, to me, those are sexual roles that, you know, help you, you know, that translate and are used in the dynamics of kinks. Yeah, that's a, that makes a lot of sense. That would be my yeah. answer, though. 
I'm not saying yeah. I'm no, not saying I'm, I'm right, saying, but no, I'm just saying that's the way I see <laughs> I'm it. I'm like that's a, that's a really good way to put it though. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say like, oh, I have a submissive kink like that. I've always mentally defined yeah, I was that say, as I don't the think role. you do either. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, it's, and I agree with your thing that I feel C and C is more scene based than a relationship style. Yeah, and I think most people if you want to say dom sub switch that is like their relationship sexual style you know usually someone's usually the dom somebody's usually the sub you know like but to me that's a role yeah in the bedroom which i think we talked about with um what i talked about with um talking smut and snaky smut mm-hmm. um yeah so it's all things yeah. not right or wrong but it's no. just uh it was interesting because they are very similar yeah. in that sense same thing for the dominant you are getting your submissive to a space uh but at the same time taking you know up the space that you wish to mm-hmm. to also get what you want and to use them to do so yes very similar yeah very similar they overlap um, but yeah but yeah no i wouldn't call um like dom and sub necessarily a kink but cnc is definitely a kink <laughs> oh yeah no that's definitely a kink yeah no that's definitely and i think that part of that is because it's more scene predicated yeah you know um, because most people do not live, I mean, I think there's time windows, but most people do not live CNC 24 seven. And if no. they do, I feel that they are in a, they're in the lifestyle dynamic of dominant sub and, or, um, sadom, you know, sadist and masochist yes. and, or, um, master and slave, mm-hmm. which there are those out there. Yeah, of course. If it works for you. Great. Yeah. I could not do it 24 seven, but that's just my thing. So um yeah so i feel like if it's that but usually it's more like you're dealing with timestamps and scene windows yeah um so but yeah um and we just kind of hit on it but sleep play Mm. (laughs) i love sleep play Uh, combine it with uh, like um telling me that i can't make a sound or move uh and then i'm i'm good (laughs) (laughs) right right i want you to wake i love it that way yeah, I love it, uh, giving and receiving. For those that don't know what sleep play is and the reason this plays in the CNC is that uh, the partner is sleeping. Either um, you assail them, like I said, whether they know it or not, because um, some people are very heavy sleepers and some have done things like taken uh, sleep aids mm-hmm. or um, like melatonin, things like that. I do not condone drugging yourself not safely. Yeah, no. Uh, don't <laughs> pump yourself with drugs uh, to know. Uh, some people, it's as simple as people knowing that if they have, you know, three cocktails before they go to sleep, they are out. Yeah. You know, and stuff. Or some people, they do take sleeping pills and they, and some people just do that so they can actually sleep. But they do know that if they take a sleeping pill, that they're not going to wake up for like six or seven hours. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, like in the story that you talked about, they had a, an evidence, they had video, camera, you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's not that. Some people, it's waking up the next morning and notice they don't have any clothes on. When they know they went to bed with clothes. And to them, that is arousing to know. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people, it's just playing out a scene. And the fact that they wake up in the middle of the night and they're being acted upon, you know, um, without consent, you know. And then at that point, whatever the scene has been set up, they're going to fight back or, you know, it's going to turn into home invasion. Like, it, there's a lot of things. But just letting you know that this is a facet of it. And I think CNC is also considered, uh, or not CNC sleep play uh another name for it out there is called the sleeping beauty mm-hmm. so uh people don't know that sleeping beauty obviously if you know the fairy tale she was kissed 
Yes. Uh, you know, repetitively and stuff. And, you know, they don't really talk about that. But in the tell, she was kissed repeatedly until finally the right prince kissed her and she woke up. So Sleeping Beauty is having things acted upon you sexually or romantically without your awareness. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love I, I love I love the dr- uh the drugging too. Um even if you don't um like actually fall asleep, but mm-hmm. the idea of maybe being kind of out of it, not really know what's going on or can't move and, and things are happening to you. Um Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same fun. way with like um I love uh, CNC, you know, or even not CNC. I love uh, some boozy banging. Oh, I'm gonna be honest. Yes. Yeah, you know, oh. just that boozy. Like, you're just so impressionable. <laughs> you're so impressionable, Ruth. <laughs> oh, I am. Sorry, I've just had a few to drink. You know, like, but it does. It allows you to be like a little slutty. Yeah. You know, and to say dirty things you'd never say yes. ever. You get to step outside. So. <laughs> you step outside of who you really are, and you get to be like someone else for a little while. Right. Right. Like the ultimate slutty um, version of yourself. Exactly. Everybody, you know, you know, everybody's got that. Oh God. Once she gets like three in her, she goes wild, you know, and stuff. But it's true, though. Yep. It's uh, so drinking, drugged, uh, sleep. It gives you that chance to be on that border of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing, you know, or it's just my body reacting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a different kind of absolvement, yes. you know, and stuff like that. And usually a lot of people like that one because um, it's not as rough usually yeah it can be but it's usually not as rough because you're compliant yeah that's the thing with drugs and alcohol and the sleep is you're compliant and some people like that they like that i know i do yeah you know and stuff i like the feeling of my mind being very compliant but my body being very awake and very reactive Mm -hmm. and uh which actually does want me to uh lead into something uh about cnc Mm -hmm. and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this yes but um, consider this, uh, this was uh, a quote that I got from an article and stuff, uh, but consider this, that orgasm is a psych- physiological response that causes pleasure but does not come from it necessarily. Pleasure includes cognition and emotion besides sensory stimulation. Orgasm typically results from the rhythmic stimulation of body parts with high concentrations of sensory receptors. Yes. Um, and then also later in the article, they go on to say that I didn't want to hit into, into it too much because I'm going to have a fair play episode, but they have said that when somebody's in a response of adrenaline fear, that fight or flight, our bodies become hypersensitive and hyper aware. And thus arousal is more conducive and hypersensitive and hyper aware. Mm-hmm. So this also plays into what I just read. So what are your thoughts, Bootsy? Yes, it I mean, your body will respond whether or not you want it to. Uh, Yeah, because yeah, I mean, when certain areas are stimulated, even if your mind is screaming out that you don't want it, uh, it will still happen. You will still, um, you know, experience physical pleasure, even if you're well, not maybe not pleasure, but like you'll experience a physical reaction, even if you are not experiencing a mental one. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, um, that can be a very interesting experience. <laughs> um, yeah. it sort of ties into, um, my own personal experiences with, uh, not, 
uh, CNC, but more um, actually like traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, your your body will do what it does, no matter what. And I'm not really sure yeah. like how it completely ties into CNC, but I mean, either way, you're yeah. gonna have an orgasm. A lot of it, like a lot of yeah. my attraction to this particular kink comes from Mm -hmm. more from the psychological stuff than actually from how it physically feels Mm -hmm. um oh yeah because i definitely live in my head a lot (laughs) (laughs) right right so like it's always about the mind i can relate to that and less about the actual like physical act um yeah but i think it it is an important distinction to make though that uh orgasm will happen if certain certain buttons are pressed things will happen Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that but no, speaking on that vein, mm-hmm. um, a point I did want to bring up and stuff, uh, because I just like, uh, like I said, I, uh, this has become more of a, you know, sex is a psyche thing. Like I said, you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> um, but it's, um, you know, bringing up the fact that you said that you've had, you know, like past, like actual not CNC, but actually like traumatic things. And Mm -hmm. obviously I don't want you to share anything or feel uncomfortable about anything, but, um, we're, we're not therapists, but as I was looking, something really cool about this kink is that, um, uh, some actually use or would seek out this sort of kink and practice such for psychological mending or cathodic exploration. Yes. Um, to get and and so basically for those that are listening what this means and I I have some notes here and I'm reading from them because I don't want to say this the wrong way Mm -hmm. because this is a delicate topic yes and like I said I'm not condoning anything that's been done to anybody traumatically but I think that this is a really cool consideration for this um, particular kink and something Um, but it says it's been studied or revealed by some in the scene that true rape victims will use this kink and explore such as a means to cope and mend from past trauma some therapists have said it is because in these situations, both with physical partners and or when consuming pornography or erotica on this, on involving this kink or these scenes, the victim of such has the ability and the power to stop the events at any moment. And being able to do so has given them back... Um, it's kind of worded we hear, but I'm just going to say it, how I'll word it is that it's given them back the pieces of themselves needed to know that they still have power over their sexuality and their sexual responses and their sexual experiences. Like if that makes sense. It does. Um, yeah. So it does to me anyway, because that's, yeah, it does to you. Yeah. yeah no, no. Yeah. And stuff. And like, and I'm not saying, and just so my listeners know, and I'm not saying that Bootsy likes this because she's using it for therapy. I'm just saying in general, people have used this. And actually yes. I've had people, uh, I've been doing the erotic audio thing for a long time and I have done scenes and stuff where people have been very vulnerable and reached out to me and told me that listening to certain, uh, CNCs and non-consensual and rape play audios and things like that have helped them get past things knowing that at any moment they can push stop on the audio. Yes. Like they can just stop it. And it's not something I ever considered when I did those <laughs> scenes. I'm going to be 100%. I didn't do this to be like, oh, that's so great. You know, I'm helping people. Um, <laughs> but it's cool that we can do that. And it's cool that it, it can be a thing, you know, and stuff. 
because uh, as me and Boots have talked about, you know, basically the whole episode, <laughs> um, <laughs> we really like this kink. Yes. We like it. It turns us on mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, too, have past experiences with partners um, that were traumatic that, you know, made me feel like I've lost control over what my body is and what my body can do and what I'm allowed to accept and what I'm what pleasures I'm allowed to feel and even have felt dirty and ashamed of my sexuality and my sexual self. Um, so this is one of those things where although it takes everything out, it takes all the control away from almost to an extreme extent. Um, we've talked about that it's liberating, you know, it's absolving us of all that head noise mm-hmm. that we keep circling over and over and over and telling ourselves, you know, it's that hard reset you know, where you just go, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah. And then you're able to just, you know, fill and do what you need to do, you know, to achieve and to explore what you want to explore. <clears throat> I'm one of those people that has used uh, kink to psychologically mend from things that mm-hmm. happened in my life. And that's mm-hmm. largely where where it is for me. Like, it's like taking it and filtering it through a more pleasurable lens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like, you know, revisionist history so much as it is like there was a thing, there were multiple things that happened that were terrible and that I had to make peace with. Uh, mm-hmm. And one way that I found was really effective was actually audios. I would be one of the people who has listened to audios specifically about this, where usually, you know, I'm the, you know, victim, listener is the victim or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And knowing that if it gets too real or if I get upset and I can I can just immediately like hit stop and it's fine, it's over. Um, and if, you know, if I'm feeling really messed up about it, I can like go to like like an aftercare section or an aftercare audio and just sort of like chill. Um, but it has been a really good way for me to exactly like put the pieces of myself back together and take back the agency it's like taking that which hurts you and turning it into something that makes you feel better because it it's like it's it completely removes the the power away from like the actual perpetrator and situations um and you're like well i'm not gonna let this um hurt me anymore because i'm gonna take it and explore it within a safe place with trusted people or in a safe place like audio is an excellent way in my opinion yes to i agree you know yeah explore things that may have hurt you or may have upset you and you have you have all of the control but it's it's almost like it's strange to say but like cnc has kind of like taught me how to trust people again <laughs> in this no very, that makes perfect you know sense. what i mean I like mean, you know no it makes perfect i think in general like exploring kink will teach you how to trust people like will remind you to trust people it's a very vulnerable thing it like is talk about. sex is a very strong psyche to us it's a big part of us we're very like I said we're fighting against uh, biology and our natural instincts and sex is very natural yes um you know this is one of the reasons i have the show because we're told not to talk about it <laughs> and yet it is a very prevalent part of our psyches and our natural selves it is we fight these instincts all the time and we don't talk about them. And then when you do give in to them, you feel like some for- sort of freak. That's yeah. what you're supposed to feel like. You're supposed to feel ashamed. And, you know, CNC is a different way of being like, no. You know, I love that you say, um, 
I love that you said that um, it helps you, um, you know, take back. For me, I feel that um, you, you, Bootsy, everybody, mm-hmm. listeners, Ruth, <laughs> you own your sexuality. Nobody else does. Yes. And people that have experienced past traumatic things, I myself am in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, after those things had happened, I felt like I didn't own any inch of my body. Yep. Somebody had taken it from me. And exploring kink and talking about kink and things like this, where, yes, the control has taken, you know, really what's been taken away from me is that headspace that I need to control, that I talk over and over and loop in my head. It's not the same for everybody. But the point is, is I needed to get out of that headspace. So somebody basically gives me a little, you know, get out of it (laughs) so that I can sit here and actually enjoy my sex. Yes. You know, so I can own it back, you know, and stuff. And that's part of it. And it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Oh, no. It doesn't do it. But the fact is, is you own your sex. You own your sexual experiences. And that's what CNC does. It allows me to act out this because I know at any moment I've chosen the right partner. We've communicated stuff. There's parameters. And if at any point I don't like it, I own the right and the ability and the validation to say, no, yes. I'm done. Yes. You know, and that's part of it. I think that is part of what it says about the cathartic um, ex- exploration and, if necessary, the psychological, you know, physiological, psychological mending that is necessary. Mm-hmm. That's what I would think. Yeah. That's, that's my thoughts that's, on that. That's been, you know, that's been my experience. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, I think that's also why it's important to note that orgasm is physiological because there mm-hmm. can be so much guilt associated when you've been through something and your body had a reaction to it and then you're you know freaking out thinking well I must have I must have wanted this because my body went you know boom but that's not it like it's just it's buttons it's like the the cheat codes on like a a Nintendo where it's like up up down down over over and then you know you access the uh the hidden screen yeah 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 oh yeah no it's it's a it's a thing and honestly at the end of the day i kind of like that about that though yeah. like n- not about this not about the trauma oh, stuff God, but no. I, that's one of the, oh yeah like for a second I was like whoa, whoa wait a minute wait a minute dial back <laughs> no but i mean i love that sex is natural in that sense mm-hmm. now you know i know we're talking about traumatic stuff mm-hmm. and again this is why i gave the warning at the beginning of the stuff we're talking about serious things too yes but you know i'm talking about this this instance but Let's dial it back to a little, not so extreme. Let's dial it back to like, have you ever been, oh, I don't know, Ruth, in a fucking gym <laughs> and basically soaking your panties because people are all around you sweating and grunting and physically, you know, to me, I, while it's annoying as shit <laughs> because I don't live in a free use world, um, nor would I ever have the confidence to do it. But the point is, is like, I've had bodily responses to things that have turned me on in some of the most awkward and situations that I did not want to. But I also kind of like that, (laughs) you know? And then let's take it a step back and let's talk about like, um, I don't know, me and my partner having a fun game of like, who's going to give in first? You know, a nice little tease session. I like that, you know, or if you have a partner that knows just the right button to push really quickly and you go, gosh, damn you. You know, like, they just know. I like that about it, too, is what I'm saying. Like, these bodily responses aren't dirty or horrible or shameful. When they're put with trauma, that's how it's going to make you feel, though. 
Yeah. And that's where I think, I'm not saying it's for everybody, but I'm just wanted to talk about that, you know, some people will hear about this and really shame people. And I think the reason they do is they don't understand how liberating it can be for some. Mm -hmm. And not everybody that does this is traumatic. Please don't. Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. not. Some people just really love the whole control thing and being, you know, yeah or um, like i said i the reset button. the home invasion thing yeah. yeah like i said the home invasion thing has probably been a fantasy for me since my teens and that was before i had any mm-hmm. sort of you know really traumatic thing that affected me yeah um you know sexually as an adult so i mean you know it was just the thing you know so no, don't ever assume that about other people mm-hmm. either um also don't assume that the aggressor is <laughs> somebody that really wants to rape people no you know and like it's just it's never assume anything about anybody you know if you want to talk to somebody about stuff and it seems like the dialogue's already out there if they're talking about being into cnc and rape play and stuff then just come out and ask them like or ask them questions be polite but you know just ask them why do you like it yeah you know why are you talking about it anyways why are you like why are you into you know um overpowering someone i wonder i I find it interesting because i mean well without people who want to do those things we wouldn't be able to explore them from the other side so exactly yeah and like i said I, i gave my thing about it and stuff and you know um you know i've played out scenes online and stuff like that and um you know, okay, I'll give an example. We'll share time. Okay. We've already <laughs> shared a lot already. Why not? Um, but okay, this is a great one from the standpoint of a woman's being the aggressor. Okay. Great one. This is actually great. Um, go figure. And it would be the example I give. <laughs> um, if anybody knows me, there's a kink that I'm really, really into. <laughs> um, and it's breeding. Ha, surprise. Oh. Um, so here's my thing. Uh, I have played out many a scene and recorded a many audio to get the male to accept and to understand that I'm going to get your baby. Like, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most men, let's just be honest, most men are terrified of having children. <laughs> they just are. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, most <laughs> women, not so much. So women, it is terrifying. But me, I've never been scared of it. And so the point is, is that that scene for men is that... Um, you know, you like it bare, you want to pull out, but I'm not going to let you. It's so it's one of those things where like they can't get over it because of the things that terrify them. But at the end of the day, is it perfectly fine? And would they be perfectly fine? Yeah, but they just can't bring themselves to do it. Um, so it's kind of like that fantasy in a way. Yeah. And it's, um, 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 I've had partners that like were super into like sleep play and things like that. So I, I have played the role of the aggressor, even though I'm more into, you know, being the on the receiving end Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like although I wouldn't it's not really like a a kink for me um when I'm the one perpetrating the acts it's it's I've always done it like more because I know that's what the other person needs and that fulfills something like in me to know that I'm giving them what something that they need and it's I sort of like get off on knowing that I have that power over somebody (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, it's it's one of those things where I didn't think it would be something I'd be into so much. I was submissive for so long, but it really is. It's a nice feeling and, you know, to have that control and that power over somebody. And, um, you know, if you're talking like high high dominant, uh, you know, almost from the worshiping aspect, um, which has really helped me a lot um, 
because like you, I'm not very self-positive. Mm. <laughs> it's hard for me to say that. <laughs> but um, I've learned that from that perspective of having a submissive that is uh, almost worshipful, mm-hmm. and they don't even have to say anything, but to have them so worshipful and just at my beg and call and to do everything and stuff like that and to be willing to like spend hours worshiping me if that's what I wanted, mm-hmm. it makes you see yourself differently you know, and stuff like that. And to hear these terms that they would call you and say, you know, like whatever it is, mistress, um, angel, goddess, whatever they want to call you, you know, whatever, um, queen, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. The point is, is like, I would never call myself any of those things. (laughs) Um, but the fact that somebody else was, and you keep like hearing it repetitive and stuff, it is kind of like a bolster, you know, and stuff like that. So it's, can be cathartic for that standpoint too yes you know to be so trusted and to be seen as somebody that can do this for them mm-hmm. you know and then to be worshipped and stuff maybe it helps build you up too in a way you didn't realize yeah. so two sides to every coin there really yeah. are the last piece uh the last piece of that little advanced <laughs> advanced cnc psychology study (laughs) (laughs) um we don't really get into um was that um another thing about cnc scenes actually uh some people have enjoyed doing so to actually live out survival success training it's really crazy i don't know if you've ever heard of this i have not this is okay so yeah right this is new um (laughs) i hadn't heard of this either like in my head i'm thinking okay we have like self-defense courses out there for Mm -hmm. men and women Apparently, this is kind of that. Um, so it's more of a game. It's actually really ties heavily into prey and predator kink. Oh. Um, but basically what it is, is it's a cat and mouse game. And the challenge is to see if you're the prey, can you get away? Or if you're a predator, you actually get them and overcome them. So apparently, each gets off on the survival or success of their side. Um, and sometimes it's a game. I've heard that... I was reading this and one study was that they have set parameters. So one of the studies was, is that if she or he makes it to the doorknob to escape, they've won. Oh, um, yeah. Oh (laughs) shit. Right. And stuff like, yeah. And stuff. And then some for the aggressor, um, if it's male or female, it doesn't matter. Um, but the win is, is, uh, if they manage to get P and V. So, uh, so those that don't know, penis and vaginal penetration Mm -hmm. or penetration and vaginal, um, and vagina, whatever and stuff. So toys, whatever and stuff. The point is, is that's the way they win. And they're, everybody has their own parameters, but apparently this is seen as a, uh, you know, survival of the fittest slash survival, you know, thing like that and stuff. And some have even invoked this, that they, um, feel power in knowing that they could outwit or get away from some sort of assailant yeah i kind of love that (laughs) i do too like Like like, when um... i heard it a part of me was just like hmm i don't know and then when i was reading more and i'm like this is kind of cool i really like prey and predator though so i Uh, love the whole cat and mouse game even if it's like witty banter you know yes like set me up over i don't even know how to play chess but set me up over a chess table and just give me witty banter and me trying to outsmart them and them trying to outsmart me God, that's freaking hot. Yeah. Um, You know, like, so just like that stuff. I've always loved cat and mouse games. So the fact that it's tied into, like, the survival thing and that whole challenge and stuff like that, I'm like, yes. I can't believe I had never even considered that as, like, a thing. 
You mean me either. Like, um, I hadn't either. <laughs> wow. So I know, like, right? A, a new wild aspect of this kink appears and I'm like, okay, well, I've got some exploring to do now. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. Um, that is so cool. And some people, I was reading some, they start out with them being tied a certain way. Ooh. So the challenge is, can you even get out of the ties? You have like a timer going. Because oh. at like the end of, yeah, right? Oh. And at the end of the timer, they're going to come in and then... They may change how you're tied. They may untie you because they think they've got you. Um, some, Yeah, there's like so many avenues. <sighs> but I thought in basically what it started out, uh, some people apparently, I can only assume this is how it got started, must have been some like freaking horror junkies like in the scene, you know, like the damsel in distress stuff. Yes. And they were like, you know, what would be really good is actually if you got away. Like that makes you feel powerful, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, Damn. You're so right, though. Yeah. So, anyways, I heard about this. I'm like you. I'm like, mm, how to look into this? Right. They're like, this bears more exploring. I really like that because there's ooh, the struggle of, especially the um, when you mentioned being tied with a timer, trying to escape. Oh, yes. hello. Hello. Yeah. I like no. that. And then, oh yeah, and you could add all these little variances onto it that make it more challenging for mm. you. Um, interesting you know it's a different take on it and stuff but i like that prey and predator predator again a different parameter mm-hmm. do whatever you want you know and stuff oh, God, but yeah. i thought that was a really cool thing you know and stuff i wouldn't say that this is something probably to overcome trauma or anything no. but just like a really nice cat and mouse aspect to it which usually doesn't get talked about too much because most people assume that every cnc scene would end with well obviously the aggressor is going to win but apparently people have made this variant where it's like, oh, no, we don't know if you're going to win. And that means you're going to have to work harder as the aggressor. <laughs> and the fact that it's more of that challenge for both of them yes. is what is arousing. You know, yeah. it's like you're kicking in everything, all your adrenaline, everything you've got to win, you know, and stuff. And for some, that just elevates it. Add some you know? com- competition to this. <laughs> it does, too. And if you love competition, maybe that's, you know, that's the little adage you need, yes. you know, and stuff. So I thought it was really cool, though. Mm. Um you know in a sense so yeah that is really cool uh, yeah i know i thought it was like a really <laughs> i'm fun excited <laughs> i know right you're like oh shit I'm take this stuff, write this stuff down yeah so, <laughs> take notes um so we're almost to the very end and speaking of the end um something we did want to hit on for if you are exploring this kink or if you've ever done something uh i wanted to encourage people we're going to talk about just a whole second aftercare oh god and talk about that the most. I, I swear to God, sometimes I think I just, I do the kinky things because I'm just, I just love aftercare. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, right? So Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it is, you know, okay, are we done though? Because I really want <laughs> that aftercare. <laughs> like, bring, bring me my juice. Give me my snuggles. Do the check-ins. Let's talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Aftercare mm-hmm. is so very important especially if you're doing something like this but exactly exactly like so, i mean essentially if you're doing anything within like any kind of kink but i feel it's it's very important in this particular situation yes because people need to be taken care of <laughs> like, they do especially yeah so you know. um you just want to take a, the floor for a second i've kind of mentioned it in other um kinks or other episodes and stuff but, but if you want to take the floor for a second what exactly is aftercare uh for those that don't know um 
you know, that might be exploring kink and they're like, what is, what is the, what well, is aftercare? Well, well, aftercare is you, you both like, you have to make sure that your partner is okay and that they know that this was a scene and anything that you did or said to them, uh, was not real and that you care about them and they're okay and they're safe and, um, at least for me, my brain is usually gone um, when we're going into aftercare. So I just need like snuggles and breathing. Um, everybody's going to need something different because some people will probably want to talk about what happened like right away. Um, some people need, you know, some time <laughs> to process before they can do that. But it's really just like about checking in on your partner, making sure that they're okay and they know that it was fantasy and that you know, they're safe and everything is all right for the most part. At least that's that's been my experience. <laughs> you know, and I love that you said that any kind of kink, this one is very important because this can be a highly volatile scene. Yes. I mean, obviously, it depends on what you've done. Also, if it's anything with sleep play where you haven't been totally aware of what's going on, mm -hmm. checking in after any sort of kink exploration is very important because you're exploring and you could have reservations or you may just have a small check-in listen, we tried this kink for the first time. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure how I felt about this part, but I really loved this part, yes. you know? Um, and just that small little fine tuning can mean the world. And also aftercare is different for everybody. Yeah. Um, don't assume that everybody wants cuddles afterwards. Oh no. Um, some people don't. Yeah. Some people want to be left alone to process things on their own for better or for worse, you know, and stuff. And then they'll, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I do know for me, like, um, I have huge abandonment issues. So for me, even if I, whether I want you to touch me or not, you are not allowed to leave the room mm -hmm. is a big rule for me in aftercare. And people will think, is that aftercare? Yes. It yeah. is something that I need after kink or sex um, that is care that is part of self-care for me. Um, and that's basically what it is. Some people, you know, you joked like a juice and a snug and some people are like that. Some submissives <laughs> yeah. or, you know, if you're in the DDLG, you know, it's become a thing where they want to cuddle up with blankets and have a snack or mm -hmm. they want food, you know, and stuff like that and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely need the, like the, the, the snuggles and, it doesn't happen so much anymore, but when I first was trying to, like, explore these things, I would cry a lot after. <laughs> so mm. I would, like, warn and be like, I may cry, but please don't think that this means that you've traumatized me in any way. I just get really overwhelmed um, with emotion when something is over, especially if it's been intense. And that usually results in me having a little little bit of a sob. So I just need like quiet. I need to like be able to hear somebody breathing. Uh, I need like, I do need blankets because I get extremely cold immediately after. But there are other people who might be too hot and they're like, no, don't put any blankets on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and everybody is very different. I think depending... I think I like cuddles. I like them in general. Like I said, you're in my with my partners. You're not allowed to leave the room. You don't mm -hmm. have to sit there and cuddle me. It just depends on the mood. Yeah. Uh, not allowed to leave the room. Um, if we've explored different stuff, usually I just like to think for a little while. Like mm -hmm. I said, I'm a thinker. Yeah. So sometimes if it's cuddling or not, I just like to sit there and think about everything that's happened and what mm -hmm. I liked and what I didn't and stuff like that and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I usually don't end um, up um, um, like talk like being ready to talk about what's happened until like the next day or sometimes even the day after because I, I I need to go away 
um, and think about things and process on my own for a while. Um, but in the moment, I definitely need them to be, I'm the same way. I'm like, you, you have to be in the room and honestly, you have to cuddle me. There are no, <laughs> there's, there's no room, wiggle room. <laughs> if you can't cuddle me, then I don't know if we should do this. <laughs> Cause I know that they need something too. Like, um, mm -hmm, whoever, whoever mm -hmm. the perpetrator person, Dom, whatever. Uh, oh yeah. People they, forget that. Yeah. Oh my God. Like they need to be checked in on as well it's it's it both goes both ways it's not always just the submissive person who needs to be looked after because i mean dom drop is a thing especially if oh, yeah. somebody has just uh you know essentially like you know violated your consent in a consenting way they could be feeling really bad about that <laughs> so you have to kind of have a plan to take care mm -hmm. of each other yeah exactly That's what Exa yeah is. it's prevalent to both sides mm -hmm. um and that's something that I think, especially if you're trying this for the first time, that's something you should set up beforehand. Yeah. Um, because people, I think people forget that the, um, one second. Yeah, these allergies are getting me today. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> I hate it. Um, people forget that um, while being the aggressor is a very, uh, you know, tough position to be in you know you, you're directing all the action usually directing all the action directing all the pleasure and the pain and the feelings and you're also trying to use them and give them what they need and you're also trying to make sure that you enjoy it as well mm -hmm. so it's a very in your mind spark part you know that's why we talked it's so liberating to be the acted upon because mm -hmm. you can let everything go well somebody has to pick all that up yep and it can be very exhausting you can have doubts about what you did afterwards you mm -hmm. can worry about things you can worry that you were too rough you can yeah. worry you know um in some scenes uh you know not even just cnc but impact play scenes when there's bruises or marks afterwards mm -hmm. some people see them and they're very very happy but i do know that some doms afterwards they think i like to see it it's cool to see it um that's what she really wanted or he really wanted but then they're like but did i go too far like, you right. know, are they cool with it, you know, yeah. and stuff? Because you never really know. So you need that check-in. I'm not saying you have to do cuddles or anything. And aftercare no. for some will be like, oh, it sounds like a big cuddle love fest. No. It doesn't have to be. It's a check-in. Yeah. It's a check-in. Um, just, hey, how are we going? And sometimes you got to be like, hey, you know, we just sit here with me for a minute. We'd be like, hey, I would like a blanket or, you know, you really spank the hell out of my ass. Could you give it some rubs, you know, yeah. or something like you never know. Everybody's yeah. different. Some people and some people will be ready for the lovey dovey cuddle stuff. Some people want to order Chinese food and watch true crime. I don't know. <laughs> Just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. The point is, is afterwards it's a different kind of reset. Yes. Okay. We're out of the scene. Mm -hmm. We're out of whatever we were doing. We're back to you and me. We're good, right? Things cool. You yeah. feel good. You feel great. You know, um, maybe if you're not ready to talk about it, what do you want to do now to just let's neutralize, yeah. neutralize. Let's both come down. We'll bring us back, you know, because yeah. especially in power dynamic in power dynamic, somebody went really up and somebody went really down, mm -hmm. you know, so let's bring you back. Let's you usually you feel like stepped outside of yourself for a little while. So then you have yeah, to like yeah. transition back into yourself. <laughs> like exactly exactly yeah. exactly come back to it let's get yeah. let's get back to the basics you know um so yeah that's that's what aftercare is about um i've encouraged it for any scene but definitely i would encourage it uh, for these definitely uh, yeah. figure out what your aftercare is what you want and need if you're in a relationship um you if you haven't 
um, then maybe you should consider it. Um, but everybody has different love languages. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and stuff, some people, they need words of affirmation. Like maybe during the scene, they, you went really heavy into degradation and they loved it, but afterwards they need to know that they aren't those things really, that it was just a fantasy. Mm-hmm. They need you to actually say those things. For yes. me, you know, I'm not worried about you saying those things, but if you left me, I would feel like a whore. I would yeah. feel cheap. You yeah. know, so it's different. I don't need you to sit there and tell me, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're not a whore. Like, <laughs> that's not going to do it for me. But if you right. got up and you left the room, I'm sorry to say, but even to take a piss, like, I would feel cheap. Right. And to me, that's not okay. No. So, you know, everybody's different is what I'm just saying. Yeah. Everybody has their different stuff. So just talk it out with your partner, you know, and stuff. Exactly. And like we said, especially for CNC. Yeah. This is a scene where you should definitely have a dialogue going before and already a really established a relationship or a dynamic that you have full trust. So really, aftercare shouldn't be something you're too worried about. It Mm-mm. just may not be something you've actually said like, hey, we're going to do this. Like, what's the thing? You know, like, good example. If you did a gangbang scene for aftercare, do you just want it to be you and your partner? Yes. Or do you want a big cuddle pile where we're all back to like, hey, we're all friends. We're all cool. This is not, these people actually don't want to harm me. They're really sweet and kind, and this was all just a sex thing. Some people would only want their partner. Sometimes the dom would only want to be the only one in the room. Mm -hmm. You really just got to work it out with yourselves. Yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. Figure out what it is that you need. Yeah. And do it. Figure it out. Do it (laughs) before you start doing the scene. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Please. Yes. Don't figure it out post-scene or afterwards. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be like, um, so like, what do you need? (laughs) (laughs) Do that beforehand, not after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's a it's a whole thing, figuring it out and stuff. But you'll get it figured out. Of course. It'll be a thing. It's so, all about that communication. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's communication. Yeah, yeah. communication is key. <laughs> it's a good thing. And honestly, communication is part of being an adult. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. It's crazy. <laughs> I, like, I know it's it's really hard to sit there and, um, you know, have a stop. You know, when you're on the sexy train, take that little stop in communication station, which isn't really sexy. <laughs> um, but, you know, it really is. At the end of the day, yeah. it's sexy to have sex that you don't have to worry about, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. So that's why it's uh, nice to have that little stop off there. Well, man. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> it's a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> talked about a lot of good stuff. Right. Any... Any final thoughts for listeners that you have, maybe, um, Bootsy, uh, about, uh, you know, in general, anything we talked about that maybe have come to mind? Any Anything, if they are considering um, exploring such, any passing experiences or words of wisdom you may have? Oh, my God, words of wisdom. <laughs> words um, of wisdom. Yes, but I've come <laughs> down from the mountain to bestow upon you. Um, don't be afraid to explore new shit just and do it, you know, do your research. (laughs) Like, yeah, do more research than just listening to this. Go read things, um, speak to people, be safe and don't feel guilty about being into weird shit because it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. There's a reason you're into it too. Yeah. Like, you know, this it's all different things. There's um, no shame in having a good time. No. Life is short. Have more orgasms. 
Exactly. Exactly. Life is too short to have bad sex. And it really is. It really is. And and I've said it before, but you know, especially if this is a relationship thing, your relationship can only get better with good sex. Mm-hmm. It really can. Like That's it's. True. It just is a fact. <laughs> like I don't. Uh, good sex doesn't drive people apart. No. Uh, unless you're having it with other people that you didn't agree with well that's yeah really the only thing that yeah that's problem. the only thing like if we want to be honest <laughs> I, uh, uh, that's a whole different wheelhouse though <laughs> um I, but, uh, I read a thing i read a thing one time that was mm-hmm. uh it was about relationships and sex and it was like if the sex is bad you'll go broke trying to fix it so uh don't don't have bad sex yeah and, no. and you can improve sex that's not so great by heaping amounts of uh, communication so there you go talk it out no. bitches talk it out <laughs> yeah no it's uh when it comes to exploring things just explore things try new things and yes. um you know it's there's no reason to be there's no reason to be ashamed or closeted especially nowadays there's a yeah. lot of stuff i mean i mean come on guys i yes i do like erotic audio and so does bootsy and stuff like that mm-hmm. But I have a podcast, and really collectively in the world as far as numbers and a following, I'm not that big. (laughs) So if I'm just some chick who literally is just out there telling my dirty laundry and talking about things when I'm not even a professional in the field, if I can do that, then you surely can talk to your partners. You surely can look things up, and you can do all these things. And, you know, another thing is, is you don't have to run before you can walk. I know Mm -mm. people are like, oh, Ruth, you say that all the goddamn time. I do (laughs) because I used to be that type when I do something and it's still now. um, (laughs) People say, Ruth, you do friggin' everything. It's because like I want to (laughs) run. I want to do everything. I want to do it all, Um, you know, because I want to do everything. Yes. And I learned that it's not worth stifling myself so other people are comfortable. Mm. Now, I do pick my moments, mm-hmm. and there is something called tact, and <laughs> read the room, but there are plenty of places out there where you can talk openly. And the and pre-show, you guys didn't hear this, but pre-show, me and Boots have said, how great is the internet Yeah, that you can do this, you know? Now, would I dox myself? No. But no, can I God. sit there and have an open conversation with other adults about what sex is and what I want to explore, and even saying I feel like a freak because I like this? You can sit there and say that too. Yeah. A lot of people have these feelings. Well, there's a whole the bunch point of is, us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of us, you know. But the point is, and I can't tell you, and Boots can probably say this, the number of messages we get about like, I never considered this was something other people were into. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand this was that kink. I didn't know what this was about, you know. Or, you know, I never found that kink attractive. You know, I was ashamed of it until you did it this way. Yep. Because they always thought it had to be the same way. Same mm-hmm. with C&C. People think it has to be this way. It doesn't have to be. No. Your sex is what you make it. Yes. It's I want that on a it. t-shirt. <laughs> I know. Me too. Sex is what you make it. Mm-hmm. The other one I'm going to do is yandere yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are perfect. Don't be ashamed. You know, these things. And on the vein of you don't have to run before you can walk, try baby steps. We do, mm-hmm. we write erotica, we read erotica, we perform erotica, you know, and stuff like that. We do the voice stuff. Those mm-hmm. are great ways, even with a partner, yes. to explore. 
you know, I talked about in a previous episode and a lot of people don't realize, like, let's say you want to get into bondage or if you let's, let's keep it on CNC. If you want to explore CNT, CNC, and you're talking with your partner, come on, show them some porn, read them some erotica and mm-hmm. say, listen, this scene is hot to me. Yes. This is why it's hot to me. Can we do something like this? You know, yeah, like it's just so easy. Give them an example. Like it's readily, bless the internet, it's readily available. It really is. It really is. It's this thing, or like with bondage, like I said, bondage and stuff and BDSM and stuff. People say, oh, I want to try bondage. And people will think before you even say anything else, somebody is already conjuring 50 images of scenes they've seen, either pornographically, in movies, um, things they've heard, all these things, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then that's where communication comes into the, you know, play and stuff. You can pull up pictures and you're like, I want to try bondage, but like, see this, like, I just like the fact that she's got handcuffs, you know, and like a gag. And I love that. And then some people would pull out something like Kimbaku or Shibari mm-hmm. that is the very intricate, beautiful ties with silk rope, gorgeous stuff, yes. you know? So, and if that's what they want to do, look in and see if there's a class that you guys can take together. How great is that as a couple? Oh. Or as like best friends? Man, I would yeah. take that so with like a best friend. Oh my God, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would totally love like a girlfriend and stuff and us to be in the class together, like tying each other like, oh my God. You're like, <laughs> oh my God, your little heart tie is so great. You know, and it's so great. Um, you know, there's that and stuff. Or there's plenty of resources out there. There are, I know there's a lot of trash out on the internet, but there are a lot of good resources that will educate you on how to tie, how to be safe, what to do. There's kits you can order. But the point is, is communicate. How easy is that? You know, I'm into, you know, like, oh, I want to do sleep play. And they'll be like, what? You know, I'm like, listen, but watch this scene with me or Mm -hmm. read this thing with me or listen to this audio with me. And you can see why I find it attractive, Mm -hmm. you know, and let's hit that vein of it. We don't have yes. to do everything they do. Let's try to get this vein. I want to fill this. I want to experience this sexually. I'm trusting you with that. That's what communication's about. Yeah. That's all it takes. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Talk it yeah. out. Talk it out. <laughs> I'm going to get off my soapbox right now. <laughs> and I am going to let... I'm going to give the pedestal to little mistress boots here. At the end of my episode... I allow my guests to plug themselves. Bootsy. Oh. Yeah. Well, when Bootsy. you say it like that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right? Um, I let my guests plug themselves. Uh, for y'all that don't know Little Mistress Boots, she's many places. And I'm, I'm going to set you up with a few links, but I want her for a second to just plug herself and tell us where she is, what she's doing, what's coming up, and just give us, give us the down low. Okay. Well, hello. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> hello again. Um, I, I mean, I make uh, audios uh, and write scripts uh, across the internet, largely on Reddit. Um, the easiest place to find everything that I make, no matter what it is, uh, is on either my subreddit or my website, which is my subreddit is our little mistress boots, and then my website is littlemistressboots.com. So it's easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and things that are coming up oh my god I have a really big February planned <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of shit happening in February people so oh, it's a yeah. good time to um to come and play along but um 
the story that we mentioned goes yes. live um, next Tuesday for for everybody. So okay. where what, on what the day is uh, that? What is like? What is that? Where's my like calendar? Yeah, what, what day is that? I need to know what um, day that is. That is the tw- uh, January 26th. Oh, okay. All so, right. So, because, right. you know, it's up right now on, currently on my OnlyFans and on LSI's Patreon, the, the mm-hmm. full hour of the first part, because there are I three know. parts. There's three parts coming. Yeah. Um, But uh, y- everybody will be able to listen on Tuesday, which is really exciting because it's so good. Like, the story is so good. I'm not talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the story is The story is, is so great. Good. It's great. It- yes. And then on February, and I will be... um you know, doing my audio horror promotion. Uh, but I am relaunching Patreon on February 1st. Oh, nice. Oh, we'll so, work out for that. It's coming back. We're out for... But yeah. other than that, yeah, I'm everywhere. You'll see. <laughs> She's everywhere. <laughs> I'm mostly, I'm I'm in uh, uh, Ruthie's replies. You know, you can find me there. <laughs> Lusting. <Yeah. laughs> Lusting heartily. Right, and, right, and, yeah, and yelling no. queen. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, queen, and I go, ah, oh, shit, it. Now you, <laughs> um, yeah, no. So yeah, check out boots. Like I said, I'm gonna link you up with some stuff. But thank you so much for being on my show today. Oh, I hope you had you lots of fun. Me. Hope I, I didn't did. talk your ear off. Hopefully, oh. you felt I give you enough airtime. <laughs> I, I, 100% just came on here to listen to you talk <laughs> to me for like an hour. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, no, it was so good. Thank, thank you, you, thank you, definitely. Oh, for thank coming. you. I'm glad that you <laughs> showed up, <laughs> and it was a fun talk. I'm glad you picked this topic. It it's definitely one that I wanted to have a good guest for, and I think I chose the winner. Oh. Um, so what? Thank you. Yeah. So check <laughs> out my guest. You guys know where to find me. Uh, I'm loud and annoying, obnoxious, <laughs> just about <laughs> everywhere. Um, but until then, everybody, um, think safely, keep responsibly, um, and make sex fun. And hell I will yeah. see you. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.